Top 5 Scariest Nurses You Don't Want Treating You Nurses are symbols of care. They provide assistance, treat us, and make sure we're on the mend. Our vision of these caretakers is almost immaculate. However, they can also be a source of malice, injury, and even death. These are the five scariest nurses you don't want treating you. Number five, Beverly Allett. She's known as the Angel of Death, and Beverly Allett earned this nickname after murdering four young children and injuring several others in a baffling crime spree driven by her attention-seeking compulsion. The Lincolnshire English nurse repeatedly failed her nursing exams but caught a break when she was given a temporary job in the children's ward of Grantham and Kestevan Hospital in 1991. Being chronically understaffed, the hospital needed all the help they could get. At seven weeks old, Liam Taylor was admitted to children's ward four after a chest infection. Nurse Allett spoke with his parents, assuring the couple that their baby was in good hands. On the second night, the young boy had a respiratory crisis. Nurse Allett stayed with him, but he soon went into cardiac arrest. Liam was put on life support, but it was too late. He had suffered brain damage. His parents made the agonizing choice of taking him off the medical device on February 23, 1991. Allett was never questioned, and this marked the first time she got away with murder. Then, 11-year-old Timothy Hardwick, who had cerebral palsy, was admitted to the hospital after an epileptic seizure. Nurse Allett volunteered to care for him, but within moments of being alone with her, the young boy's heart stopped. He died on March 5, 1991. Soon, Nurse Allett caused three more emergencies at the hospital before killing her third victim, Becky Phillips. A newborn at just two months old, she was admitted for gastroenteritis. Allett administered insulin, and she was taken home after seemingly recovering, but she died just two days later. Other children mysteriously suffered cardiac arrest under the nurse's care and were only saved because they were transferred to a different hospital. But Claire Peck was one of the unlucky ones. She became Allett's final murder on April 22, 1991. Claire was placed on a ventilator and under Allett's watch when she suffered cardiac arrest. She was resuscitated but died after a second cardiac episode. Allett was finally suspected of foul play when a doctor noted the high incident of cardiac arrest in the ward. Police were called and they traced at least 25 suspicious episodes with 13 victims. There were also missing nurses' logs and a missing key that held the insulin medication. The only common factor was Allett's presence. When police searched through her apartment, they found the missing nursing logs. Police then dug deep into her background and found troubling behavior dating back to when she was just a child. She had shown symptoms of suffering from Munchausen syndrome and Munchausen by proxy, a disorder in which the sufferer seeks attention through illness and inflicts harm to herself or to others in exchange. Allett's behavior even showed itself when she refused to eat and became anorexic while in prison. Beverly was convicted and sentenced to 13 life sentences for both murder and attempted murder of her patients. Instead of being sent to prison, she is currently incarcerated at Rampton Secure Hospital in Nottingham. Luckily, she will never be eligible for parole. Number 4. Daniela Poggiali Daniela Poggiali found her patients annoying according to police, and this was the only reason she killed them. 
The 45-year-old nurse from Lugo in northern Italy was arrested in October of 2014 when a 78-year-old woman named Rosa Calderoni mysteriously died under her care. Prior to that, authorities had suspected Danielle's involvement in other deaths. They had noticed that in March of 2014, there were five unexplained patient deaths in a span of just a single week. All of them died during the night when Daniela was the only one working in the ward. Hospital officials decided not to call police just yet and moved Daniela to the day shift to keep a closer eye on her, as they put it. Sure enough, three days later, on April 8th, another patient died under her care, and it was Rosa Calderoni. That morning, Rosa's daughter Manuela was told to leave the room while Daniela administered medication to her mom. Ten minutes later, she went back into the room and noticed her mother's eyes rolling uncontrollably. As she held her hand, her mother then suddenly passed away. During the autopsy, it was discovered Rosa had been injected with a massive dose of potassium chloride. Potassium chloride is difficult to detect because it disappears after several hours in the body. It's also the same drug used for lethal injection and death penalty sentences. Looking back at her work history, police discovered that 38 of the 83 deaths that occurred since the start of 2014 happened in Daniela's department while she was on duty. This is in contrast to the no more than 10 deaths on average that occurred for the other nurses in the hospital. After her arrest, her colleagues spoke out against the nurse and said she was cold and vindictive. They said she would give patients laxatives and leave the other nurses to deal with the effects. At times, it's also said she would sedate the patients if they were too loud or annoying. Even more alarming, police discovered photographs of Daniela together with a recently deceased patient. In one picture, she was seen smiling and even giving a thumbs up. Initially after her arrest, Daniela was found guilty by a lower court and received a life sentence. She served several years in prison. However, an appeals court reversed the verdict and found her not guilty, then ordered her to be released immediately. Unfortunately, despite the alarming amount of coincidences regarding the deaths of patients around her, Daniela was released and has since lived life as a free woman. Number 3. Charles Cullen Described as the most prolific nurse killer in recent history, Charles Cullen killed patients because he didn't want to see them suffer and wanted to help them. At least in his own twisted mind, that's what he believed. Born in West Orange, New Jersey, Cullen is the youngest of eight children. By the time he was nine years old, he attempted his first suicide by drinking chemicals from a chemistry set. This would be the first out of 20-plus suicide attempts for him. Cullen later dropped out of high school after his mother died in a car accident. He joined the U.S. Navy, serving aboard submarines USS Woodrow Wilson, before being transferred to the USS Canopus because he was showing signs of mental instability. After his discharge, he enrolled in a nursing course at Mountainside Hospital School of Nursing in Montclair, New Jersey, where he rose to the position of class president and graduated in 1987. He then began working at St. Barnabas Medical Center in Livingston. The hospital became Cullen's training ground for killing. He murdered his first patient on June 11, 1988, by administering a lethal dose of intravenous medication to Judge John Yengo Sr., by his admission, he killed 11 patients this way, including an AIDS patient who died after he gave him an insulin overdose. Cullen left St. Barnabas in 1992 because authorities became suspicious of the contaminated IV bags. 
The investigation concluded Cullen was likely the culprit, but no action was taken. He then took a job at Warren Hospital in Phillipsburg, New Jersey. He said he killed three elderly women there by overdosing them with a heart medication called digoxin. One of the ladies told a family member a sneaky male nurse injected her with something while she slept, but no one believed her. Then, the following year in 1993, Cullen's personal life took a blow. He suffered a divorce and was cited in the papers as an alcoholic and abusive husband. Later that year, he broke into a co-worker's home and began stalking the woman. Cullen said he attempted several suicides that year and left Warren Hospital by December. Then he began working at Hunterdon Medical Center. He said he didn't kill anyone there for the first two years. This couldn't be corroborated since hospital records had been destroyed during the investigation in 2003. By 1994, Cullen had become a licensed nurse in Pennsylvania. He admitted he killed five people in the first nine months of 1996. In 1997, his depression and psychiatric problems increased, but despite this, in 1998 he was hired by one hospital after another in Pennsylvania. Because of the shortage in nurses and no proper accounting of mental issues and other reporting mechanisms between hospitals, he often got away with his actions. In 99, he began working at St. Luke's Hospital where he killed five more patients and attempted to kill two others over the course of three years. Authorities discovered vials of drugs were missing and traced it back to Cullen and he was fired in 2002. At least seven nurses came forward and told police they suspected Cullen was killing patients, but authorities never looked into his background and the case was dropped. He soon found more work at Somerset Medical Center and here he murdered eight patients using digoxin and insulin as his drugs of choice. By this time, suspicions were high around Cullen. A director from the New Jersey Poison Information and Education System even informed Somerset Medical Center in July of 2003 that an employee was likely killing patients, but the hospital didn't contact authorities for another three months. In the meantime, Cullen killed five more people and even began having sex with his victims. He was finally fired in October of 2003 after his past was revealed and the suspicions around him were brought to light. Cullen was arrested on December 14, 2003. He admitted to killing patients and was charged to 18 life sentences. About 25 to 35 patients are directly linked to Cullen, but since hospital records have been destroyed in some facilities, it's believed that during his 16-year career as a nurse, he may have killed as many as 400 people. Number 2. Stefan Letter At the same time American killer nurse Charles Cullen was killing patients, German nurse Stefan Letter was doing the same. From January of 2003 to July of 2004, the nurse killed more than 29 people while working at a hospital in Sonthofen, Bavaria. For a year and a half, he smiled and cared for patients, but behind everybody's backs, he was eliminating them one by one. Doctors and colleagues first suspected something was amiss in their hospital when they realized large amounts of tranquilizers had gone missing from their stocks. The staff compared the clinic's duty rounds with the dates the drugs went missing and it pointed to Letter as the main culprit. When a police investigation began, they saw unsealed vials of the same drugs in Letter's home. When confronted by authorities, Letter began confessing to at least 16 murders but admitted that there might be more. 
The hospital studied their records and realized at least 80 people had died between February 2003 and July of 2004, the time when Letter worked there. The deaths began just a month after he first came in as a nurse. As soon as the hospital and authorities suspected foul play and the deaths, they exhumed 42 bodies, all of them dying during Letter's shifts. An additional 38 bodies could not be investigated because they had been cremated. One patient was 79-year-old Bieta Gell. She was taken to the Santhafin Clinic in April of 2003 with a suspected heart attack. By the afternoon, she was up and cheerful, even chatting with her daughters. However, by 10 p.m., she was dead. Another victim was 73-year-old Pilar Penador. She was admitted to the hospital for respiratory problems, but was well enough after a short amount of time that she even started talking about vacationing in her homeland. However, she would not make it, as Letter injected her with medication, fatally killing her in July of 2004. Letter's victims ran the gamut from 40 to 94 years old. His weapon of choice was a powerful drug called listhenin, often used as a muscle relaxant. Many of those exhumed showed traces of the drug in their system. As for why, Letter claims he killed out of pity. He wanted to relieve the suffering of those in the hospital. And in fact, his defense argued he was a disturbed man who acted on this misguided belief. However, this is contradictory to the status of many of the patients. Most of them were, in fact, not dying and were even on their way out of the hospital until Letter intervened and decided to kill them. In the end, he was found guilty and charged for 12 murders, 15 for manslaughter, and killing on demand for one. He was sentenced to life in prison, and the judge made sure he would not be eligible for parole until after 15 years, even with good behavior. Number 1. Arnfin Nesset One look at Arnfin Nesset, and you wouldn't think that he was a killer. He was a balding man with thick spectacles hanging over his face, mild-mannered and polite, he had over 20 years of nursing experience under his belt. But in 1977, when he took over as the director of the Orkdale Valley Nursing Home in Orkdale, Norway, patients began dying at an alarming rate. It was a geriatric hospital, so no one suspected anything when patients began passing away. However, in 1981, one employee noticed the hospital had ordered huge quantities of the powerful and poisonous muscle relaxant, Curset. The poison used in this drug is the same one used by South American Indians on the tips of their hunting arrows. Police were brought in and they traced the purchases back to Nesset. Initially, they just wanted to know why he ordered so much and he said he purchased it to kill the wild dogs in the facility. But then something happened. Inexplicably, he began confessing to murdering as many as 27 patients. Nesset was arrested from his confession and during the nearly two-year investigation, Police were able to conclusively tie him to 22 murders, but it seems he had killed even more. He told authorities, I killed so many, I'm unable to remember them all. Police tried to trace patients' lists from three institutions Nesset had worked at throughout his career. They couldn't obtain most of them, but managed to get a partial list. If true, his number of victims could be as high as 62. Autopsies weren't of help, however since Curacid is hard to trace over time. During his trial, Nesset was played off as mentally unbalanced, but four psychiatrists were brought in and pronounced him sane and fit for trial. He recanted his confessions one day before the trial and pleaded not guilty to the charges. However, 
Jurors still found him guilty of 22 counts of murder, one count of attempted murder, five counts of forgery, and one for embezzlement. Even though he had more victims, he was sentenced to 21 years in prison, the maximum penalty in Norway at the time. He was also ordered to serve 10 years under probation. Shockingly, Ness had only served 12 years in prison and the 10 years of probation. It's believed Nesid is still alive today and living under an assumed name. So there were the top five scariest nurses you don't want treating you. Death can come at any time, but it's hard to imagine when it comes from the hands of nurses, people who have sworn to care for you at your most vulnerable time. If you like this video, then please subscribe to our channel. We have new videos coming out every Wednesday and Saturday that we know you want to check out. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you soon.